0: Relax. You're quite safe here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Good evening.
2: And welcome to Rock Strikes 10.
3: Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com, or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating review on iTunes, and never missing one single episode. Thank you, especially everybody who does that. All right, I appreciate your patience and me getting caught up with all of the death shows over the last few weeks, and this is going to be somewhere probably around November when you're hearing this, so just to give you a little bit of space between death episodes, oh my god, but... To, in order to have the most possible fun when talking about deaths and music, once again we have the e-reaper himself, Logan here. Happy Rocktober!
4: Yes, yeah, Rocktober's the, been great. The tail, the tail end of Rocktober.
3: Sure, yeah, and I hey, mean Joey. that. I mean that from a Rhino Records point of view because they've been absolutely giving me Christmas gifts. Have they? Oh my gosh! So, you, are you familiar with Rhino Records, Rocktober? Uh, no, I it's guess like, not. Because you say Rocktober it made me think right, of this. Right. So, real quick before we get to the death. Uh, they do this thing every year now. This okay. is the second year they're doing it, and I think it's actually a breast cancer like tie-in. They oh, do okay. donate some stuff to, sure. to the breast cancer funds and everything of right. the world. But they repress albums that, of course, have already been put on vinyl, but always with a twist. So if you're a big fan they're going to get your dollar here right or if you've just never owned the record before this is the time to pull the trigger because it's a limited run that they do on the vinyl this is commercial right off the bat like they paid for the spot or something right but (laughs) i was able to get three. make your check payable to send send me free shit right (laughs) now i got three alice cooper 180 reissues really uh and they all had a twist to it like love it to death Was on a black and white mascara smudged vinyl. Okay, cool. Sounds excellent. Yeah. They finally reissued out Pretties for You, the very first album. Wow. Got that on red vinyl, and then Special Forces was on blue vinyl. Right. So I was like, I I don't have great copies of these, so I just. How was the price? Not bad. Not bad. Uh, from Chris Pinna. at Good Records, a friend of the show. Oh, right, right. Uh, he was charging less than anybody was. He, yeah. Uh, he had them for about twenty bucks a pop, oh, which I'm bad. Seen everywhere else are like twenty five and up. So, still, still. good on you. It was worth the drive. Good deal. All right. So Logan is here for yet another episode of The Fallen. This is volume six of the year, which is pretty low. Considering last year, there were right. still more deaths last year than there yes. are this year. There's just True. been. It's always just big time deaths. Right. As Tom Petty happened. Right. If you haven't heard the two-part episode, please go back and listen to it. Definitely from the heart, from a true fan. But I haven't had Logan on since the death of the great Tom Petty. Logan?
4: Well, Tom Petty deserved his own episode anyway.
3: Yeah, so I wanted to publicly like the, apologize yeah. for not having him. No no, 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 no. Yeah. But that was me sitting down, dealing with it myself kind of thing. That was a big one for me. Yeah. But as weird luck would have it, for lack of a better term, the very first entry here I'm going to play... This was a big one, so I'm going to give the man a twofer here, which we right. rarely do on a standalone right. Fallen episode, but right. it's definitely viable. Uh, even as a guy who's a big Beach Boys nerd for me, this guy deserves his own spot, even if he hadn't had a successful solo career, which he did by a mile. Glenn Campbell, who died on oh, August right. 8th of this year, and uh, yeah, Alzheimer's disease, yeah. there was a documentary about it, I mean, but Glenn Campbell had a long life and a long career, and that guy sold a record or 10 million yes in his life he well, was a big time was, guy
4: he was really cool about i mean he 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 did stuff that he didn't have to do yeah you know he went out to fans i think he did even like a farewell type tour yeah
0: yeah
4: and he didn't have to do that he could have just stayed home cut a record made his documentary and been done with it but he actually went back out on the road for A a fairly small stint, I I would imagine, but but yeah, that was that was that's a weird that's a must be a weird journey for him. Yeah, to be so public about it.
3: Hey, but at the same time, most people don't get to call their shot. Exactly. I mean, and and so so being able to do it do it on your terms. Yeah, he did. So yeah. Stay gold. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the and man, I I love Rhinestone Cowboy. Right. By the way, but I'm not going to play that because I mean everybody's heard that. If you haven't heard it, I can't believe that. Which but uh, what's that? Wichita uh-huh. lineman so that they, we're gonna we're doing a twofer he did that one right yeah we, okay. oh, that's 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 like his okay. signature song that's, in my opinion i mean of course you can't discount galveston and by the time i get to phoenix and, all and i'll other be honest stuff.
4: I, I i kind of forgot if it was his original because it's been covered so many times well <laughs> it, jimmy webb wrote
3: it he didn't write it <laughs> oh okay. he didn't write most of his hits he's one of those that's guys. right he was one of those guys yeah, yeah. i mean but and, why did i think you did but one of the things like great guitar player right right just uh you know those other guys write a songs. that was the thing you know and still is in country a right. lot of of the times, ninety-nine yeah. percent of the time, right. but yeah, Wichita lineman became a signature piece, in my opinion. And I'm going to play a uh, a different version of that. Okay, it's a, a live version in a sense, but like in a controlled sit-down area. Right. I'm not going to tell you who the backup band is until it's over.
4: Oh, I can't wait! It's one of those. It's like the Bullet Boys or something. It's
3: not the Bullet Boys. <laughs> That was good. That was good, wasn't it? They know how to do a Tom Waits song, I'm so just, I'm not saying they know. couldn't do, uh, you know, freaking Wichita Lineman. Right, yeah. yeah. We're going to kick off <laughs> our Glenn Campbell twofer with a Tom Petty cover. So okay, I, I wasn't able to put this on the Tom Petty tribute. I had to cut it off. Because there was another song on the sound I wanted to feature. So that being said, I was able to roll it into the Glen Campbell tribute. Right. He put out this really cool all-covers album, I think about seven or so years ago, called Meet Glen Campbell, to which he covers was modern Rick hits. Rick did you do that with him? I don't know if he was involved in that one. I I don't know. I just okay. don't know if it's a Rick Rubin album. Not what I do know is a bunch of cool people showed up to play on it. Yeah, people like Rick Nielsen and Roger Manning from uh, Imperial Dragon Jellyfish, right, right. and uh, Wendy Melvoin's on it. I mean, it's and Vinny Colayuda. I mean, it's it's a it's a surgeon's list of musicians. I'll look that up. You can look up whether it's Rick Rubin or not. I do know that Rick Rubin produced the original version of this song. Oh, which is a Tom Petty song. Oh, so kicking off our Glen Campbell twofer. You're going to hear which town lineman at the end of this, but at the beginning, you're going to hear a really cool version of Walls.
5: I'll get you back someday, cause you've got a heart so big it could push them.
3: there you go a very nice two for there joey's personal favorites <laughs> rhinestone cowboy aside starting off with walls for meet Glen campbell so the original version of that is on the album she's the one that i talked up a lot on the tom petty tribute that album is definitely one of the gems if not the gem in tom petty's catalog that most people don't have and then on meet Glen campbell after walls he covers angel dream also from she's the one so don't take my word for it take Glen campbell's word for it we finished off ooh. that... Ooh, yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, I know.
4: I guess you can't now. So but. should we be able to take his word for the replacement song that he did on that too? Yeah, wh- which one was it again? Sally Beautiful. Ooh. From the much maligned... Uh, not. I was about to say Let All, It Be. All Shook Down. All Shook Down.
3: Yeah. Hmm.
4: I love that record, though. Yeah. Anyway, moving so,
3: on. So that mystery band that's backing up Glenn from... And some people may know this if you're listening, but that version of Witchita Lineman... Was Glenn Campbell along with Stone Temple Pilots? Oh, okay. And I joked at that the time sense. they were probably auditioning singers at the time. <laughs> so, because I i want to say, because if you watch a video, I don't see Scott Wilde in that video. So mm. I think that might have been around the talk show area or something like that. Right. So, but man, huh. I saw that for the first time on Stone Temple Pilots. Thank you video was like one of the special features. Right. And it blew me away. I was like, this is huh. the coolest version I've ever heard of this song. And yeah, you know, we talked about it's been covered to death, but man, that one right. just gives me chills. Very cool. Go watch the video; it's on YouTube. Also, in addition to the thank you DVD, but Glenn you know Campbell maybe actually I could gets emotional.
4: Kind of catch that a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Well, no, I'm selling it too much. <laughs> Glenn Campbell <laughs> actually me. gets emotional wow. at the end of the clip.
3: That's really cool. W- wipes a tear from his eye, and I noticed that. So, was he about good stuff there? Yeah, he was about. He was in his sixties at the time he recorded that song because oh, okay. he was 81 years old this year yeah, when, he died. when he passed away, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talk about uh, you know like AIDS and cancer a lot on this show, and we definitely want cures for that. But yeah. man, I gotta say, there's gotta be something for Alzheimer's in this lifetime because that's, yeah, that one just kills me. It really does. That's, My family has a big history. That's of that, that's the one
4: that I, that that I'm yeah yeah. That's yeah. the one I'm afraid of the most. A
3: little bit, <laughs> yeah. So, moving on. <laughs> so, hey, there's no way to right. segue into hey, that. Right. I hope you enjoyed those songs. I know I can say Logan will definitely enjoy this next one. Now, this is this goes into the file of the one song I like from a band I don't like. Oh, uh, okay. Any pre-guesses? Well,
4: I mean, I, it's got to be somebody that recently passed away. And
3: So this guy died on September 3rd of this year at the age of 67, and still, as of press time, no cause listed of death. So maybe he was just hard-living, I don't know. Died of death? died of death died of death but uh, a guy you may know named walter becker oh yes from steely dan yeah
4: so i like i like steely dan yeah
3: i'm a fan i I mostly know him from back in our record store days because not only were were you a decent fan i know uh, Tomerlin was too trout yeah which is weird he was one of those guys that people couldn't pin down what kind of classic rock guy he was no way because he wasn't like like he liked foreigner but when you asked him about the stones, he's like, eh. <laughs> so, yeah. So, but he, uh, he liked just, Steely Dan. Right. Like, he was a fun kid. Like Bob Seger? Didn't he like Bob I, Maybe. I don't know. How does that stick with me? I need to ask him next time I see him. I don't him. know. We, no, saw, we saw him in no. uh, Paul Bear this yeah, year. Yeah, we did. Yeah. So, more Death Diane. Yeah. Paul Bear. <laughs> right. Steely Dan. Uh, I think that um, Friends of the Show Pinkish Black are fans of Steely Dan as well. Yeah, I think so. so. I think that, so. That would make total sense. At least uh, Darren is, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I remember him saying something about that. But uh, so, in case you've been waiting on my tease here to deliver on Joey, what's the one Steely Dan song you actually do like? <laughs> Whoa,
4: yeah, I forgot about that part.
3: And uh, I don't think either of them, either uh, uh, Walter Becker, who was the other guy's name, Donald Fagen. Donald Fagen, thank you. I should know that. Yeah, you should. Um, but <laughs> I don't think they either of them sing lead on this song because it's an early song from their first album. So from 1972's <laughs> Can't Buy a Thrill, this is Dirty Work.
1: I don't want to do your dirty work no more I'm a fool to do your dirty work, oh yeah
3: Right, there you go. Making their debut and probably also for the last time. <laughs> no, it's not. On Rock Strikes 10. Now what are they under Desert Island or No, something? they're not on the okay. Desert Island. But uh that was stealing yeah, Asia, P- the one record that I owned. What's a good record that It is that record. Asia record. Gotcha uh um,
4: was good too though.
3: Oh, you mean Asia. Asia. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was thinking of Asia, like Asia. heat of the moment. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Maybe I've I did. Maybe I been
4: saying it wrong all these years. What a bad fan I am.
3: No, I, most people say Asia, but I, I have to do that so. to distinguish it from heat Not of the moment. Not the heat moment. of the moment, no. But that was earlier this year. We, we, we were lost, talking uh, about Steely Dan. Yeah. But that was from Can't Buy a Thrill from 1972. My one uh, Steely Dan song that I like. Dirty Work, right there. Right on. Moving on here. And uh, much like Glenn Campbell, we're actually gonna do a one more country guy on here if you can put up with it. Uh, but this guy was legit—17 number one hit singles. Wow, that's a lot. George Strait guy? <laughs> no, that would be 70, wouldn't it, or something? It's up, oh yeah, it's that's like, right. He's he's yeah, got a ton. You have Sorry. to replay. You have to reverse. He's probably 71, and right. this guy has 17. Right, right. Yet he is in the Country Music Hall of Fame. I get you. This was kind of his pop crossover hit that I'm gonna play here. But a guy named Don Williams died oh, on yeah, September 8th, right. the gentle giant of country. Uh, that's what they called him? Yeah, that was his nickname. Really? Yeah, yeah, he was a big guy, and but he had a really soothing voice, you know, so... Oh. Died of emphysema after he had retired from the road uh, after under about a year or so wow so yeah and uh but yeah the guy had a lot of success big career I know they called him the gentle giant of country yeah yeah they did Looks like a short guy to me yeah no I don't, I don't know maybe it was maybe he had a giant voice I right maybe so soothing giant voice but right. thank you Wikipedia for the nickname <laughs> um, but he died at the age of 78 I'm gonna play you this song from 1978 wow, yeah wow and this song is from nineteen seventy eight. Ah. From the Alm Expressions, his biggest crossover hit. And I like this song. It's a okay. nice song. So here you go. This is Don Williams with Tulsa Time. <laughs>
6: was crazy, my mother... Watch back to it Living on I'm just a waste of time. Well, then I got to think, man, I'm really sinking. And I really had a flash this time.
3: All right, there you go, our last country song of the day here on the show. But I hope you enjoyed that. That was a fun little 70s production there with Tulsa Time by Don Williams from the album Expressions from 1978. There you go. Did you enjoy that, Logan? Yes, I did. Made you feel like you're uh, back at a bar <laughs> back, somewhere? Back in my dad's bar. <laughs> yeah. That one's for your dad. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, moving on here, uh, someone that we both admire quite a bit died on September 13th of this year At the age of 56 Due to an unfortunate bout with liver cancer And uh, to me One third of one of the greatest bands Of all time Husker Du Grant Hart
4: Highly influential Which is one of those weird They didn't They didn't even really break As far as being like a a Noted influence for I I would almost say within the last Ten years, yeah. You know, they're they're just one of those. Husker Dude was a fantastic little band that I I I, I had ran into, the tail end of the eighties. Yeah. You know, saw the saw the uh, the ads for the album and their their albums and yeah, Zen Arcade, that's a that's a must. Yeah, an mm-hmm. absolute must.
3: You don't really hit anything bad hitting any of no. our catalogs. Zen Arcade's no. great. I love New Day Rising, Candy <coughs> Apple. Grey. I was going to say it's all good.
4: Even the Candy Apple Grey, you know, the the major label <laughs> yeah. record, I mean, which was
3: they talk about a band who signed major and did not sell out and the at the at all. Well, and they really didn't.
4: You got to wonder at that point cuz that's what nineteen eighty seven, eighty eight. That was 86 Candy a- a-
3: Apple 86? Grey. 86. Yeah. Okay.
4: So I mean, who who's going into <laughs> Warner Brothers Records and going so I have this band. <laughs> Yeah. You know, oh, it, this was definitely off of the back of
3: REM. I mean, no doubt about it. it, it but I mean, bands it's, like that is what I'm talking about. But, college bands,
4: the, the the college rock scene is what yeah. it had to to, yeah. to feed off of yeah. because they were, you know, a, a vibrant part of that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Husker Du, fantastic. I knew that they were actually hired a firm to look into would it be cost-effective for them to reunite? Right. <laughs> and they, they did that, like, a couple of years
3: ago. Yeah. So yeah. We'll, we will not be able to see that, yeah. but... What is it about Minnesota that, like, but prints aside... Right. Because that's, that's a whole other thing. Right. But... What is it about Minnesota? They just produce amazing alternative acts. I have no idea. You know, even just the handful it's, that they're known for, like Oscar right. doing the replacements, like what the fuck? Soul Asylum. I mean, yeah, l- l- d- let's do not discount them, especially on the exactly. Early years. I mean,
4: yeah. e- even if you want to, you know, bury them with that Grave Dancers Union, yeah. being being like too commercial of a record. But let me tell you, those like Hang Time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that may be a major major label album, but yeah. it really stuck with. The, the the complete aesthetic of what Soul Asylum and that sound of that scene was all about.
3: Yeah, and I'm guilty of not having seen Greenheart's documentary yet. I do have it, and yeah. I'm, it's definitely going to be expedited up the up the list here. So I will be watching that soon. I I, I seem to recall one of his parents was like a loan officer. I think that's how they financed like their first EP or something like that. <laughs> like I was like, that's pretty great because that's I hear a lot of those cool like DIY stories, right? Like Kevin Smith. And, there was and, tons and, of them. And Robert Rodriguez. Think right. about filmmakers that, right. that go into that do some sort of finagling to finance their thing and right. their dream. I love that. It, it's such the American way. Like I gave debt, plasma
4: for like a year dude, or something like that.
3: Debt. Is the American way? I mean, yeah. I, that's just no two ways about yeah. it. Yeah, everybody you know is probably in debt for something, credit cards or whatnot. Oh, yeah. But these the guys that figured it out and like like I said, Robert Rodriguez sold his body to science whenever and, people didn't know to do that. Right. And he made like a cool twenty five grand or some crazy number. Yeah. Finance his first picture with yeah. um, Kevin Smith pretended to be his boss supervisor on his credit card loan application oh i didn't know that and one. gave the number of where he'd be at work during the day <laughs> to answer as his boss wow shit like that i love that kind of stuff that's but funny i think that's how they finance their first record really? <laughs> through their parents wow. as a loan officer but uh man i'm glad they did they invested yeah. in themselves and you know Never made millions and millions of dollars doing it, but man, they influenced as, as, a generation. As fucked up
4: as some of their their scene was, oh
3: man, and you, you know, Grant but, has a heavy history, drug use, and yeah. all that other stuff. Craziness. He had a he had a misdiagnosis of HIV at one point. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. While he was still in the major and in the right. heroin. Wow, I mean, crazy, crazy life, but, crazy stuff. But uh, you know, the bands like Green Day, right. we'll, we'll give it up for him in a second. You know, like people that mm-hmm. have. People that went on to sell millions of records, always give it up for bands like that, and you know a band I love like Anthrax, who I kind of became a fan of Husker Du through them, just because they covered they covered Celebrate Summer, and I was like, Holy cow! This is amazing. What was that Uh, on? That was a bonus B side on the (laughs) Stomp 442 reissue, but still worth tracking down for that version. I'm not gonna play Celebrate Summer. I'm gonna play. Uh, what I think is Grant Hart's like you know I put this on his tombstone shining moment here Uh, it is from Candy Apple Grey right and uh, don't want to know don't want to know only check it out Right, that was the great Husker Do featuring Grant Hart on lead vocals there, and they would share vocals. So there was different, yes. you know, him and Bob would kind of trade off. It's mostly I think it was, Bob, yeah. It was mostly but, like whoever I mean, like really wrote the song, like that was a Grant Hart song, so it made sense that he would sing it. And
4: I thought that they were a lot more collaborative and on on the songwriting. Side. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, Bob did took the the most of the vocals. So yeah,
3: for sure. Uh, great song. Don't want to great know song. if you were lonely. That that to me is Grant Hart's uh, masterpiece. From Candy Apple Gray. Defining. 1986. Very defining. Great great stuff. Rest in peace, Grant Hart. This next guy here, this is kind of what we do lately here on the Fallen Episodes. It's the (laughs) celebrity entry wing. Oh, is it? And, you know, someone that is important enough that we have to figure out a way to get him on this episode. And there are, uh, you know, love him or hate him. This guy's an icon. He changed the dialogue and the culture of America died of the age of 91 this year on september 27th mr hugh hefner oh, okay. has left the mansion and uh
4: <laughs> he left the mansion
3: to to his neighbor yeah who bought it who and, bought it from him and then like owned it but he got to live there until he died right and so that's one thing these guys there going god i hope he doesn't die in a suspicious way because i'm gonna be the first guy right. <laughs> on the list i thought about that myself You're right But, you know, man, transcending generations uh, and changing, like I said, changing America. Completely. I mean, there are certain people that have done this, and it's a short list, but, like, he's on a list with, like, Elvis. Well, and and (laughs) the
4: people that don't like him, all right, I get it. People (laughs) who find him as the cultural icon that he is, I absolutely get that, too. Yeah. So, wherever you want to meander off onto with you... Go for it. Yeah, but he, he, I, I happen to think that he he was an, a, a brilliant entrepreneur. Oh, God, yeah. And I honestly think, you know, I, I don't think of him as much of as exploitive as much as he was empowering yeah. for the female.
3: Sure. The, the, the whole aspect of what this genre is when it comes to adult entertainment right. and catering to adults that... Aren't so conservative; it maybe right. be a little more liberal-minded. This is this is the the thing you look at, where Playboy is a brand name, right? Uh, regardless of what its future is at this point, because they're very wishy-washy on what they want to do now. Super do they want to do nudity? Not yeah, nudity. No, I heard the, I heard the nudities coming back. Hey, look,
4: we got a transgender. Yeah, you, you know, know? I mean, that, whatever. That's breaking you know? news. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So. Whatever, Whatever. Playboy what becomes, it it was there when it needed to be. Right. And it, in my opinion, made the world a better place because who knows what would have been. Right. Who knows where we'd be without Hugh Hefner. People like him, people like Elvis. Lots of
4: disappointed young boys. Yeah,
3: and back when we had to fend for ourselves, right. just hoping that our dads had a subscription. <laughs> mine did. That's all I'm going to say oh, about really? that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or he bought them. But I'm saying, right. I'm probably thinking... I only ever bought... I mean, Oh, you know what? He did because I remember... Black wrapped plastic come into the house once okay. a month. That was the Playboy. I, I only I only
4: ever bought one one issue. Oh, who'd you buy? Uh Anna Nicole.
3: Okay. It was a Christmas gotcha issue. Understood. I, think. I always inherited copies of Playboy from guys that were right. getting married oh. or you know things like, <laughs> that's how I got I my... remember
4: in uh let's see, late seventies, early eighties, kid down the street from me. His dad had the had the copies of Playboy. Yeah. And his dad did a real crappy
3: job of trying to like... Hide them? Hide them. They were... Like ho- under the bottom part I mean, of the coffee table uh, maybe the, in the you know, living room? Man, I've was, seen
4: those houses. It was just, you know, there's good housekeeping. Oh, and then look, Playboy. Yeah. There's oh, three issues yeah. here.
3: My mom's never going to hear this. I so will to tell you where, where right. my journey is on right. this. There were always a couple of copies under the bed, first of all. Right. Uh Right. Second of all, like he had a stack in his closet mm-hmm. and it was elevated. So like, oh, keep it away from the right. kids. But we had chairs and shit in the house. So, (laughs) first of all, that. Have you ever heard of the ladder? Yeah, right. (laughs) Like, all I needed was a chair. There was a chair in the bathroom. Right. So, I didn't, you know, and I'm not breaking the chair. I'm a little kid. So, the thing is, like, I would always make sure, and I would always, like, stick one out if I was taking one out of the pile. So, I knew where to put it back, Um, just in case there was something. So, Joey was clever. I cover my tracks very well. Boy, wow. And I didn't quote unquote do anything to them right i just wanted to look right that's really because i wasn't i wasn't doing that right right
4: i mean yeah we were (laughs) there was like four of us guys sitting around yeah who's gonna do that sitting around looking at a centerfold for you know yeah centerfold miss june of
3: 1982 sure yeah yeah so thank you thank you (laughs) once again (laughs) hugh uh thank you so much uh, so how are you going to tie this in? I, I, oh, I have a song. What well, he hasn't sung anything that I know. No, of. No, he hasn't sung anything. No, and uh, you know you could go with maybe alum that became singers, and that would be decent for his legacy. However, I got something even better. Okay, I've got a song with direct references to that life in that particular era, especially when we're talking about the '60s and '70s era of Playboy, oh, okay. which is where it was at its peak culturally. Right, as far as like this is. A place to be, and not that the Playboy Mansion never stopped being a place to be, but there's a different yeah, it era. Yeah, was
4: always, always.
3: But there's that different era in that you know early era all the way through the '70s, and it was something called Playboy After Dark, the Playboy clubs. Okay. So you had every celebrity and almost their mom there, and just having a swinging old good time, and the the pre-specter of AIDS. You know, era. So, this is where it was all hanging out, free love, and all that jazz. So, Playboy After Dark was a big deal. And now, you know, they even had a syndicated TV show for a while. Uh So, this is a song that has all of those references and all the celebrities you expect to see when you go there. From a great one and done band that I love called Imperial Drag. This is a song called Playboy After Dark. And it'll paint the whole picture for you. There we go. there you go from one of my favorite albums from the year 1996 (laughs) that album is 21 years old which makes me feel super old the self-titled one and done imperial drag playboy after dark multiple references that really paints the picture of what 96 yeah i remember that
4: i don't even know what else came out in 96 yeah
3: well maybe someday i'll do that list but that was a standout (laughs) record from that year if you say hey that voice might sound a little familiar if you had the first slash of snake pit record he was the lead singer on that, so uh, like Eric Dover was kind of the would be Axel uh you know, replacement, I guess, because everybody else in guns is kind of on that record. And the uh, oh, is it really the odd man out is Eric Dover pretty much Izzy is on that? Yeah. Well really? no, not Izzy, not Izzy, but it well, not count. The the, the the illusion era, you know. Doesn't count. So yeah, yeah, but anyway. Gotta have Izzy. I like that snake pick record, but it's I know it's no know. Imperial Drag. Uh anyway. No, it is not. <laughs> so But that's no jellyfish. Yeah, to be fair, uh, tied with me maybe a little it's bit. It's close. Uh, but speaking of Hugh, I wanted to do a couple of more that were not going to represent song wise, but a couple of massively long careered character actors also died sometime around this fall area. The great Frank Vincent from some of the Scorsese movies, Casino, oh. Goodfellas. He was Billy Batson. Yeah, I was almost going to play uh, Atlantis by Donovan because that's the Billy <laughs> Bats <Benson, laughs> right? Billy Batson's death scene. Right. So that would have been a lot of fun, but I had to cut it off for time. But there you go. Rest in peace, Frank Vincent. Casino is in my top ten films of all time, and he was the last uh, great boss on, great the, on the Sopranos. Yep. So, and I also, and also, the great Harry Dean Stanton died oh, around ninety years old. Yeah. And he's got a record out, but it's I'm sorry, but it's real rough. I <laughs> It's all covers, and I don't really.
4: It's Tom Waits sound like Tony Tenniel. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he does. Come I mean, of. Yeah. come on, man. I mean, you, you hear his voice. You know what he <laughs> sounds like. Uh, he's 90 when he does it. Nah, but I love Dean. Lo- he was great in this, man. Awesome. Man, a long life, long career. No complaints No shits about given. Exactly. Or so. No
4: fucks. Either way, you didn't he didn't
3: care. Either way. He fits in good with like people like Tom Petty and Frank Vincent and yeah. stuff like that. People yeah. just lived their own lives and did well while they were on this earth. So. Yep. Moving on to somebody named Bunny Sigler. This is probably the obscurity. Actually these next two are going to be slight obscurities but they contributed to really cool songs.
4: I know that one. Uh
3: he was uh he was kind of part of the whole Gamble and Huff team back in the day, Cameo Parkway label, uh you know the Song Doctors era of like mm-hmm. early pop R&B. Right. So and he was in a band called The Opals, but the reason I'm going to spotlight him yeah. is because he uh, was a producer on this this massive string of hits. The biggest one for me being the Shirley and Lee, uh, uh, Let the yeah. Good Times Roll. Okay. And yeah. uh, the other song that, that was kind of their back-to-back A-side single was this song. Because, you know, we've all heard Let the Good Times Roll. I don't sure. need to play that. So I'm going to play the other side of the single. Don't play Let the Good Times Roll. Not gonna. Just don't. Not gonna. going to play a song that ties in thematically to it, which became a medley at one point. But here's the other half of it, and weirdly enough, the first time I heard this song that I'm going to play, because of course I'd always heard Let the Good Times Roll, whether it was in a period piece movie or whatever, but that other single side was a song called Feel So Good, and the first time I heard that, it was being covered by Twisted Sister. (laughs) So, for those of you that have heard that version, along with their medley of Let the Good Times Roll, this is Shirley and Lee. The original version. I'm not playing gotcha. the twisted yeah, version. Okay. Go seek that out. Yeah, right. But this is uh, Shirley and Lee with Feel So Good.
2: Feels so good now that you're home. Come let me hug you. Come let me kiss you. Come let me See what I've been missing Feel so good Now that you're home That we were meant to be. Feel, feel so good. Now that you're home, come let me hug you, come let me kiss you, come let me see what I've been missing. Feel so good. Now that you're home.
3: from the golden year of rock and roll 1955 that was shirley and lee with feel so good the other side of the single for let the good times roll bunny sigler produced that track and had a big hand in it and just a super important producer from that cameo parkway era so good on you man and you deserve to be on this list safe travels there bunny and we we'd actually do these in chronological order so it's interesting that this comes right after it On October 7th, not too far along, uh, a fellow named Jimmy Beaumont died, and he was 76 years old, and interestingly enough, a lot of these bands, we talk about this era of rock and roll, the early era, the doo-wop, R&B, soul era, a lot of times you'll hear about these bands still playing gigs under that name, and it's usually no original members, but this guy, even just as of a few years ago, was playing in the live lineup still. For the Skyliners. At 76. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And, man, what a great voice. This actually ties in also really well to the previous entry because, like I said, the first time I heard Feel So Good was by Twisted Sister doing it. (laughs) I'm sure a decent amount of people out there, and I'm not being disparaging when I say this because it was just such a long-gone era, I think most people's journey hearing this song for the first time was probably through Guns N' Roses' version. And that's probably a safe thing to say. You'll know what I'm talking about in a second here. So... I got to say, if I had to make a list of top five doo-wop ballads of all time, this might be my number one. I'd I'd have to really think about it, but this is up there. Earth Angel? Earth Angel is a great one, and that definitely goes in the top five. But this one might top it on my list here. So for Jimmy Beaumont, you sang lead on this. So, man, this is The Skyliners with Since I Don't Have You. Recording that. Nice. Nah, All right, there you go. The Skyliners <laughs> featuring the late Jimmy Beaumont on lead vocals. That Beautiful. was Since I Don't Have You. You can find that on any oldies compilation worth a damn. Uh, From
4: KTEL to current.
3: Yeah. Uh, I think it's I on probably a... heard
4: it on a KTEL sure. thing that, that I got as a kid.
3: I think most people have it on American Graffiti. Uh, oh, there's, wow. I got it on a really cool, like, one of those mail order comps that I got oh, okay. from the store. Right. The ultimate oldies but goodies. Like a Reader's Digest thing. Yeah, but it's like yeah. remastered and it sounds killer. Those Reader's Digest comps. Yeah. Those. Time Life. Yeah, those were actually <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. 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 Quality. All the original. They, anytime you can get all the original performances on there, that's quality. They right kind of knew what they were doing. Oh, yeah, for sure. So this next one, I'm going to put it right out there. This is one of those bands that has a really big following, okay. and this is definitely one of those things where it's centric to the area that you grow up in or you live in, okay. and when you talk about this kind of a band, it's completely central to just where they live because they never really broke through in America. Oh, okay. Uh, so this band, The Tragically Hip, oh. who I've always heard that name. Gord Downie. Yeah. I Let always, me
4: tell you, dude. Yeah. They tried so, so hard to cross over into our border. Yeah, they toured tirelessly, mm-hmm. tirelessly. Did you ever see them? No, I never did. Was offered tickets all the time. <laughs> wow. But here, let <laughs> me l- 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 let me amend that. <laughs> sure, sure. I was like an assistant, or yeah. you know, I wasn't like in charge of the store at that point. Right. I was offered tickets every time they came through. Okay. Person above me, yeah, they're the ones that got the tickets. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Because I didn't want to see them, and okay. not because I really liked the records. Right. Because, well, I mean, I did like the records, sure, but I wanted to see it live. Is is what it what it was all about? Yeah, always heard good. Things I heard about that it was yeah. a different. It was a different band live, like it really amped up big time. Okay, like there was a a, a totally different, you know. Real good gritty feel, feel with their uh, with their sound and, and yeah, I mean it was just supposed to be a fantastic live performance, and uh, you know I'd heard that for quite some time at that point, yeah, and so I never was able to see them live. However, I did enjoy their records, and I I I, I played them um, in whatever record store I was working at the time, and have nothing but a tremendous amount of respect. Uh, about tragically hip and what they meant, what they actually meant to Canadians. I mean, it's like a source of pride almost. Did you see um, Justin Trudeau? He's you know the prime minister. of... He did
3: yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Whenever
4: he big he tribute spoke, on the website, he spoke yeah. about the passing of Gord, and he teared up. That's what this band meant to Canadians. Yeah, and you were talking it's about it's
3: almost like it's almost like if you had a national band, they were it. And you were talking about what Glenn Campbell did, where he got to go say goodbye. He got to right. do that too. They went on the yeah. road for that year, yeah. uh, pretty much predominantly through Canada. They did. I don't know if they went anywhere else, but why? Yeah, why, I'm, why not sure. do that I'm not if sure uh, if they they really dipped yeah, into the states at all. Go where you're appreciated. Yeah. I heard, and I could be wrong with this, but I swear I remember reading. They played their last show, and it was like broadcast all over the country.
4: That sounds right. And I, uh, I think I remember reading about that yeah, too because like record numbers. All of this has happened within the last, gosh, maybe year, year and a half. Yeah. So not not to too whenever f- they they were just like, yeah. you know, I I don't think that we can do anything else for you. Yeah. And he made it publicly known. Yeah. And said his, you know, said his farewell. To the people of Canada Yeah I mean It's it, pretty amazing Boy I tell you what I mean it's, it's It's what we It's what we would all like to have Yeah Going I mean, back to that Glen Campbell thing
3: It's though. completely frustrating That there's bands in Canada That are actually of quality That don't right. seem to break through So much in America When it seems like The ones that do Were kind of like Ah Right At least You know obviously Some of these bands do well like a Nickelback is obviously the most recent example of like oh a crap few- that is right yeah it? they're Canadian but like Brian I, Adams is I like Canadian. Brian. I love Brian I like, Adams. like Brian Adams but like you know you know me I'm a big Danko fan and he right. can't get arrested oh he's Canadian over here. yeah right. and he can't get arrested over here it's crazy so I, I just don't Arcade I, Fire thinks that they're liked a lot more now <laughs> I mean and they not like Arcade arenas. Fire yeah. yeah
4: yeah are they selling arenas well,
3: I don't know I don't, I don't <laughs> who knows but let's get back to court. right uh, so. It's one of those things where, like I said, putting it right out there on the front, No, knew nothing about them. Right. This death brought the attention to me. as was like, well, right. obviously, we're going to talk about it on the show. This guy's definitely important enough to be on the show. I think
4: it, it is. I think it's important, not just as artistically, yeah. because, I, and I'll be honest, I, I don't fully grasp everything
3: about Tragically Hip either. And they have a huge catalog, it's, it's, it's a tremendous it's catalog. So, where to go? So, I kind of just started. I read a little bit of the bios on the wiki and stuff like that. Do they even the, have, like, a hits record? They do. They have, like, a double disc that they oh, let the it? fans okay. vote on. Like I said, fans vote. the They never made the it end. here to the States. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of started tracking through right. that. And then one of the things that really caught me, it was really pleasant to hear some of these tracks for the first time. Right. The one that caught my ear, this one's a little heavier, actually. Yeah. But uh, this probably is in no small way due to the fact that Chris Sangarides produced this album Called fully completely in nineteen ninety
4: two. That was the big. That was the big one that I played all the time.
3: Now, okay, well, so yeah. you know this song we're about well, to play. Probably not. It's probably been nineteen well, ninety three. Whenever I heard it sure. last, but it'll, it'll it'll jump your memory a little bit here. I yeah, bet maybe. So this is a really cool track, and like I said, I, I think probably the reason why Singerides produced this not because he's a big metal producer, because he is, right. But he did an amazing record a couple of years before that's called Bloodlighting by so Concrete on MCA, Blonde. Right?
4: Yeah, they're really pushing this record.
3: Yeah. So he, uh, Chris Sangariti's produced Bloodletting by Concrete Blonde. Right. So I, I would have him produce a record just on that. Yeah. Great record. Great sounding record, too. Right. So I uh, found this. This album is called Fully Completely. And the track that really hit me for the first time, I said, I'm going to play this on the show. Why not? So this is 50 Mission Cap. Enjoy. for Gord Downey, that was the Tragically Hip. It's a great track, man. 50 Mission Cap. I enjoyed that. That makes me want to go down a little bit more on the rabbit hole, so I will be doing that. If you are listening and you're a fan, send me some recommendations. Right. I usually say vice versa, but cool. send me the recommendations. I'll be happy. I'll probably out to bu- Canada. Yes. Attention Canada. Yeah.
4: Okay. <laughs> SOS Canada. Yes. And by the way, send Justin Trudeau over for just a little bit longer if you would. That yes. That would be
3: nice. Absolutely. Alright, we got one more to go. One more. And uh a fellow by the name of Scott Mitchell putsky who died just a couple of days ago from this recording. It was on the twenty second of October. Okay. And uh, this is you know, this is a little personal for me in a sense, because right. this was my high school era. So we're getting into some of those lately and it's like, man, it's rough. So Uh, This guy is definitely important. He's not just one of those guys who, even though he was dismissed by the band later on as like, oh, he wasn't that important to the band. This guy really was important to the growth and kickoff to the career of Marilyn Manson, better known as Daisy Berkowitz. Oh, he was... Okay. Yeah, Daisy Berkowitz, he was the lead guitarist in the original Marilyn Manson group right. back when they were still called the Spooky Kids so it's not just the fact that he was there from the beginning of right. them really becoming a band. Right. He co-wrote and or just soul wrote most of Portrait of an American Family. Good to say. If you go look at the songwriting credits on that record, Manson has like three or four co-writes and really? Putzky's name is all over that record. Berkowitz, Berkowitz, Berkowitz all the way down huh. that row. He wrote most of the lyrics and music to the entire record. So to me, and that's me not calling Marilyn a hack. I'm not calling him a hack or Twiggy, but he was just as important. Can I? To, you? You can do whatever no, you want. No, 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 I know you're not no, a big no. fan, but, uh, <laughs> but you at least really saw this lineup with him playing, too. Yeah, I'm kind of I jealous did. of that. I did, actually. Yeah, yeah. A couple, a couple of times, I, you know, I'm, not not gonna, I'm, and I'm not
4: gonna, And I'm not going to call him a hack or anything like that, but, you
3: know. Well, no, I know. I, I just... uh. I just wanted to say, like, I remember after he was left the band or got fired, depending on whose story you believe, right. as a lot of bands do, they downplay. Sure. Um, like we're going to be fine. It's, it's the whole, we're going to be fine to the fans right. when that person leaves. Like the creative thing has not been gutted. Like we're going to be fine. So I think really what they were able to do, even after he left the band or was fired, was they took the template of which he helped create that music. And they were at least able to figure out how to go, from there so okay. I, a, after the portrait okay. of an american family and then he did play on smells like children so the most known song that he's known for maybe so no, any
4: no any christ didn't there no, he
3: actually did play enough on any christ to where he got credit on like a handful of songs and right. even had a couple of co writes okay. so he did contribute to that as well so also very important right so a lot of the songs you've heard on the radio from manson predominantly he has played guitar on a decent amount of those songs. He definitely played guitar on Sweet Dreams and, you know, things like that. So, yeah, the, that's uh, that's the thing. Is it? It's it's being a little bit overlooked in the press. I guess I expect him to get this kind of press, but he's not getting a whole lot of press. I did see that Manson, he didn't actually do a written tribute. He just kind of posted a couple of photos. Oh, really? Real cryptically, but you know, that's the thing. Maybe they just did not get along in the end and... You know, it's one of those things like if I know someone and they die, and you know, I'm probably gonna feel bad about it, but I'm not gonna go out of my way to like put him over, you know what I'm saying? Right, so right. that's probably what his journey was with right. dealing with this. I'm sure once he really starts to think about it, if he ever gets out of that drug haze that he's in currently, because he is for sure. There's Who's that? Manson. no Manson. Oh, is he? I don't think he was that much of a drug user in the day. So much, probably casual, <laughs> but I think he's more so now than he was then because he was functioning. You remember my story? Yeah, I remember your story. Okay. he Tried to buy drugs off you. You didn't have any drugs, but he asked you if you did. If I right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So, but here's my thing: is it like the absent thing <laughs> is killing him? I think uh, as far as like personality and and, and professionalism. Right. Anyway, I'll get off that whole trip. <laughs> I don't really know what Daisy's thing was, however, I do know he's been battling colon cancer for the last four years, Oh and that sucks. Ouch. That has to suck in the worst way. That's not good. So, I well, feel bad for the guy. cancer fucking sucks anyway, yeah. so. But, uh, man, like I said, uh, Portrait of American Family was a very important album in my high school years, and I continue to listen to the record. I love don't this know. record. So my personal favorite song off here, because I could pick any song off of it and he's going to have written it. Right. (laughs) So we're going to go with this one. This is a really cool, deep album cut from the album. To close off this batch of The Fallen from 2017, this is Marilyn Manson and Snake Eyes and Sissies. Enjoy and turn it up. closing off this latest batch of the fallen from 2017 that was Ford daisy berkowitz aka scott mitchell putzky of originally the original marilyn manson band. Original. let's go with that yeah
4: original spooky kid
3: yes that was snake eyes and sissies main spooky kid yeah and like i said very important and marilyn manson in his heart of hearts he should know that as well i'm sure he will at some point like i said so Hope you enjoyed that. A little something for this time of the year. Uh, we're recording this uh, about a week out from Halloween, so we'll see when this episode actually drops. But Happy hey. Rocktober. Yes. It's Happy been... end of Rocktober. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I'm about to record my uh, Halloween episode after yeah. this later on. So, All right. Well, uh, everybody, I hope you've enjoyed this episode here in particular. And, Logan, I hope you had fun today. I did have a good time. And, Thanks, Joey. Yeah, absolutely. And go to cnjradio.com for every episode of Rock Strikes 10. While you're at it, stick around for the Synaptic Empire podcast featuring Randy Brown, a true alternative, and a front of an empire, apparently. Ooh. So The dark
4: side.
0: Yes, and the dark side.
3: speaking of Rocktober, October, Last Theater on the Left has officially relaunched as a podcast. We did 13 episodes of recapping the entire Friday the 13th franchise, 13 episodes in 13 days. <laughs> it was a happening and a journey and a lot of... A lot of fun actually and so go check those out last theater on the left on itunes and on cnj radio.com
4: are there 13 friday the 13th
3: no we did 13 episodes and one was a wrap-up episode oh, okay. For the okay so they actually have 12 actual releases okay so. good question man. i lost track yeah I, hey i did two for a while you're welcome so uh also wrestling house show on cnj radio.com podcast coming soon guaranteed and I think that's about it oh yeah i need to do this uh, and this is real tacky in lieu of a death episode however there are Rock Strikes 10 shirts available for you to purchase Man. go on the Rock Strikes 10 Facebook page look for the post it's there
4: Joey will sign one for
3: you <laughs> I will sign it if you want me to downgrade it for sure yes alright uh, <laughs> I'll just... sign one if you want it oh goodness yeah well there's going to be an ex- charge. extra two bucks uh, for nope, nope, double nope, signatures nope
4: nope nope, nope. All not right. charging you extra for that
3: one yeah all right so like i said cnj stay tuned for everything on there and last but not least extra special thanks to pete and the guys from spacebeard for the awesome outro spacebeard go to, to facebook.com spacebeard band for more information purchase their latest album gone tell them that rock strikes 10 sent you go hit up pete larousse on facebook he's a pisser he's the man love you pete good day mate good day mate good day mate to chris riley as well i I have a hard time never playing that id it's the it's the best all right stay tuned to the very end of the show and we'll see you guys on the next one have fun